Hi, welcome to Chaos in the Attic. It's your host, Noor. Here I uncover all the chaos in our attics from emotional and physical well-being, talking all things spirituality and self-development. I have fun and enlightening conversations with inspiring people. Here we stay open to anything and everything. I am so excited to have you here with me now. So let's get chaotic. Hello and welcome back or welcome to Chaos in the Attic. I hope this episode finds you happy, healthy, well and wealthy, surrounded by all the love, wonders and magic that the world has to offer always and forever. Boy, do I have an exciting episode for you today. If you've been following along this podcast for the past couple of months, then you know my newfound love for my morning practice of tapping. And it has truly been so transformational in my own personal life. And the person that made me fall in love with tapping is Brad Yates. And to say that I am beyond excited to have him on my podcast is a major understatement. Brad Yates is an EFT expert, which is emotional freedom technique, or in other words, tapping. We talk about how you can use tapping to free yourself from any blocks that hold you back from reaching your full potential, and how to find love, get wealthy and healthy through tapping, which you know, I'm all about that. Brad is one of the most giving people I've met. He has over 1,000 videos on YouTube giving you free resources to really take action to heal yourself or in his words, take responsibility for your own well-being. We also do a tapping towards the end of this episode on feeling loved, so I would definitely stay tuned in for that. I know this episode will inspire you and make you want to get tapping, and I'm just so excited for you to enjoy this episode, so let's get into it. start off firstly by praising you for your work um your videos has truly been so transformational for me and i can't imagine how many lives you have also transformed through them and i just wanted to ask you how does that make you feel knowing the impact that you have i it feels pretty darn awesome i i'm blessed to get to do what i do and i mean i'm lucky enough to get to do something that i love so that when i'm doing it it feels right it feels good. And then to have the feedback saying, oh, yes, this has been so beneficial. There's a when my kids were little, we used to show them a show called Thomas the Tank Engine. And in that show, the highest compliment that the controller would give the the engines was you're a very useful engine. And so to have people tell me, yes, your work is useful. It's like, OK, good. Then I uh, I'm, I'm doing my part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I will say that after like certain videos, I'll feel such an emotional, like it, it would be such an emotional experience that I'll start to read the comments and it just always like makes me light up seeing how everyone else is responding so positively and how they're sharing that same experience. So I really do love that. Um, with everyone, I always like to talk about their background story and how they came into their work. And I think that your background story is very different to what you're doing now. And it's very unique in that way. And I feel like when we talk about where people came from before they landed where they currently are, it's always helpful for other people to resonate because some people think that, oh, you, you're just this person that taps and they might feel like, oh, that they need to get ahead of the game or anything like that. So I always find it really interesting. So I wanted you to share that story. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because I've had, I've worked with people in their late 20s, early 30s saying, I, I should know what I'm supposed to be doing by now. I should be set in my career. It's like, I didn't even know that my career existed until I was in my late 30s. So it's like, don't even worry about that. I didn't even get started on YouTube until I was uh, in my 40s. So if you if you haven't figured out what you're here for yet, that's okay. <laughs> it will show up. I, uh, I had started out as an actor. And so I was traveling the world doing theater, went to Hollywood to become a movie star as one does. And while I was there, I met a woman, fell in love and got married. And when our first child was on, on the way, I thought I should probably have a back. So I started, uh, I wasn't sure what to do. And 
I heard about this hypnotherapy school and I thought, I've always been fascinated with power of the mind. Let me do that. So trained, got certified, started building a small practice while uh, also still continuing pursuing my acting career. And then after a couple of years, when our second child was on the way, I realized as much as I love acting, doing this personal development work is really what my calling is. This is what I really feel like I'm here for. So we left Los Angeles and moved to Northern California to be closer to our families. And through some other uh, hypnotherapists, I heard about this conference going on in Las Vegas, this energy psychology conference. They're going to be doing this tapping thing. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll try it out. <laughs> and I went. And in the process of, the, uh, of learning this, I just thought, wow, this is a fascinating tool. And so after that conference, I started introducing it at the end of my uh, hypnotherapy sessions. And then little by little, it became tapping sessions because <laughs> I just found it a, an easier tool to work with. It just, uh, I just really resonated with it. And then YouTube came along and I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be interesting if there was a tapping video that people could start their day with? And I'll call it tap of the morning. Very clever, <laughs> I thought. And so, uh, that was all I intended to do. I had no no plans to have a big channel or anything like that. I just thought I'll just have this one tapping video out there. And six months later, I thought, you know, I really ought to have a video for people to end their day with. And I'll call that one tap of the evening. And then I'm done. And then a few months later, I had another idea and then another idea. And and here I am with over a thousand videos on YouTube. I mean, it's amazing and it's so interesting how one simple act of good intention turns into this whole universe of greatness for everyone, for yourself and everyone else you're helping. But I kind of want to rewind because I think that there's something really interesting about your interest in hypnotherapy. What drew you to that in the beginning? It's hard to say. When I was in high school is when I first was really looking at it. And I, uh, I was reading up about hypnosis and things like that, but I didn't really do much with it. It was kind of a quick passing interest in high school. And then years later, uh, early in my, um, in my acting career and probably even before that, I was listening to a lot of personal development tapes and all the Nightingale Conan tapes and uh, Jack Canfield and people like that. And so just all that stuff about the the mindset and the power of the mind and when i saw this uh this advertisement for this hypnotherapy school it was like oh yeah that would be an interesting thing so combining that and a lot of people the, the two main things people go to hypnotherapists for is uh, stop smoking and weight loss and i knew from the beginning that's not what i'm interested in doing i'm interested in using it as a tool for personal development and having people change their mind for success so that's uh, how I, I got drawn to that. And it was it was a nice thing because as a as an actor, I had this trained theater voice that was beneficial as hypnosis, uh, hypnotherapist. And when my audience fell asleep, it was a good thing. So I liked that. <laughs> I can imagine how helpful that would have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about tapping specifically because I feel like it's a very misunderstood um, method of healing. And I wanted to see if you could share more of the, I guess the mechanics or the science behind it, because it can seem like a very woo woo or spiritual like thing for some, but I know that there is more to it than that. I was asked at a conference, someone was asking me, would you call what you do in the realm of the woo woo? And I said, no, actually, <laughs> you might, but I don't consider it woo-woo at all because we're using the body's energy system. It's, it's built into the body. So it's no more woo-woo than um, you know, doing the Heimlich maneuver or breathing exercises. It's just using the body system. Now, some of the language that we might use while we're tapping can you know, definitely go into that realm. And we, you know, depending on what people's spiritual practices are or their takes on the law of attraction or different things like that, absolutely, we can get uh, pretty out there 
with the wording. I don't usually go into that, but depending on the person I'm working with, we might play with that. But the tapping itself, it's uh, it originally based on acupuncture. So for thousands of years in Chinese medicine, they have said there's this flow of energy through the body along these pathways called meridians. And when the energy is flowing naturally, we experience our natural state of health and well-being physically and emotionally. When this energy gets stuck somehow, we don't feel so good. We don't think as clearly. We don't make the best choices. And that has all kinds of unfortunate consequences for our lives. So in traditional Chinese medicine, the doctor would stick needles in these key points to help stimulate that healthy flow of energy. And we're just using our fingertips to tap these points. Now we have a growing body of modern scientific research validating this process, and it shows all kinds of things like we have fMRI studies where you can see the brain activity and how stress, uh, how there's, we experience stress in the brain with where the different parts of the brain light up and then how after tapping that's normalized. We have uh, cortisol studies. So cortisol is one of the stress hormones when we are in a stressful situation when the amygdala in our brain says, oh, there's danger and it activates and we go into fight or flight and it starts pumping cortisol in the body, which is really great if we have to run from an enemy or fight something. Not so great if none of that is going on because it has it, it uh, dampers our immune system. It slows down our digestive system. There's all kinds of unfortunate consequences when that happens. Plus the prefrontal cortex, our uh, rational brain, goes offline. <laughs> We're totally acting on instinct. So what happens then, so that's the parasympathetic, or that's the, ner uh, the sympathetic nervous system is when we go into fight or flight. The parasympathetic nervous system is when the brain says, okay, the danger is past. We can, uh, we can calm down and think from our prefrontal cortex again. So there's all this evidence that the tapping uh, expedites the parasympathetic nervous system, down-regulating the nervous system and the stress response so that we can feel calmer and think more clearly. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of it also has to do like surrendering to the idea that this is going to help you and benefit you because if you're stuck in the headspace of this is just something that someone's telling me to do, then you're, you're looping yourself back into that. I had a really interesting experience actually many years ago. I went to a therapist who did tapping and she showed me all these different points to like tap on and things to say. And I remember doing that for a week and feeling a significant difference. And then it just kind of slipped away and I completely forgot about it. And it wasn't until earlier this year that I heard someone talk about tapping where I was just like, oh yeah, I remember I did do that. And it was really helpful. So I started doing that and then I only made it more of a practice, like a religious practice the past three months. And I have personally felt so much, such a significant impact from it. And I really do find it to be something so simple and basic that anyone can do on a daily basis, which is why it's so useful and important. And I absolutely recommend it on a daily basis because to me it's energy hygiene. We have physical hygiene, like bathing and brushing our teeth. And most of us do that every day, whether we need it or not. We don't look in the mirror, look at our teeth and go, well, they're not green yet. I can probably go a few more days. We don't wait until people around us are holding their nose and go, that's right, I haven't taken a shower in a week. I should probably do that. We, we just do it as regular maintenance before we need it. But with stress, most of us have no real way of coping with it. And when we do decide to cope with it, many of us have very unhealthy ways of coping with it. You know, addictions, uh, whether it's drugs or smoking or drinking or just things like being on our phones or watching too much television or different things like that. We, we don't have healthy ways of coping with stress. So yeah, when we allow ourselves to do it on a daily basis, even if it's just for a few minutes a day, it helps to calm down that nervous system. We handle situations better. We make much better choices we create greater opportunities for ourselves in, in our lives. So yeah, we definitely want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And it's also what I love about your video specifically is that you can do it for a shorter period of time. You can choose a video that's five minutes or you can choose one that's even longer. And I think that's really useful. And I will say that there is something very different about your tapping videos specifically, like you make them very light and 
they are a little funny compared to like a lot of the more serious ones and i think that's what makes your videos more approachable for one and i'm curious to know like how much planning actually goes into a video because they also feel very intuitive in terms of the things that you're saying yeah the only preparation i have is when the idea comes to me and i write it down and then i have a long list of videos and so when there's an opportunity, either I'll be sitting here in my office and I'll go, oh, I'm going to shoot a video right now, or I might be out someplace. Like recently we were in Mexico and I just had some time. It's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to walk down and um, be out in the, in the jungle for a moment and shoot a video. And I may know what I'm going to do, or I may just go, okay, now I'm, this is a nice place to shoot a video. I'll pull out my phone and look at my list. It's like, what do I feel inspired to tap on? And I may only know one word. It may just be about, say, acceptance. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do a video on acceptance. And I'll just turn on the camera and go, all right, so, you know, it's an important thing to allow ourselves to be in a place of acceptance, even though I risk, resist accepting these things. And then I'll just let it go. And it, it, it happens through me, not by me. It's, uh, I'm, I'm just a channel for some universal force. And I, my job is just to be here, show up, open my mouth and, and let the words come through. And there are times where I have a few ideas and I may jot down some notes about, oh, I want to make sure that I cover this point or I cover that point. But there are absolutely times where all I know is one word. And uh, it's like, okay, it's going to be about that. And let's, let's see what happens. And I could shoot it 20 times and it'll be 20 different videos. That's why in, in a lot of the videos, you'll hear me trip over words. And it's like, and I'll, I'll be in that moment. It's like, was that bad enough that I need to stop? No, I'll just keep going. Because if I stopped it and tried to make it perfect, it would be a totally different thing. And, uh, and, it, would, and it would never be quite right. Because I could sit there and it's like, oh, if I try again, I might slip on another word. Because sometimes the ideas come faster than I can speak. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I can't worry about how that's pronounced or the grammar or whatever. It's just letting the idea come through and people can just tap through their frustration that I don't speak perfectly all the time. <laughs> Well, I think that's a really good sentiment anyways to have like that sometimes things are just channeled through us and just let it be like instead of like trying to go back and perfecting it but I will say that I think it's definitely felt that what you're saying is being channeled through to you because there are some things that you'll say that are, I just I'm like wait are you reading my mind like it's it'll be like so specific and it just yes I am <laughs> yes I am yeah <laughs> And it's just really insane, but it's also what makes it really beautiful about that experience of having it being so specific is reading the comments and then hearing how it was so specific to other people and not feeling alone in those thoughts because I feel like a lot of people feel very alone in their thoughts and feel like, oh, am I the only person that feels or thinks this way? But and then when you're saying it and then you're reading the comments and other people are feeling that way as well, it just really connects us and unites us all. Yeah, and lots of times people have written and said, I thought I was the only one who thought that way. And yeah, so that not only does the, is the tapping beneficial, but just someone feeling seen and feeling heard and just going, oh my goodness, I, I'm not some freak. And uh, there's this, this is a real thing. So yeah, that's, uh, I'm always very appreciative when it happens that way. Yeah. Um... I wanted to know, in terms of your life, your personal life, how has tapping really made an impact? What was the most significant thing that you have received from tapping? Oh, I, you know, I've benefited so many ways, um, personally, physically, financially. You know, there were, I, I definitely had levels of success, you know, barriers of how, how much, which... I can see now really cramped my style as an actor, you know, for, for someone who wanted to be out there in a profession where your job is to be seen, I had issues with being seen, which I didn't realize. So, you know, tapping through, and I've, and I've worked with a lot of people on that issue. And it's one of the great things about my job is whenever I'm tapping with someone on their issues, I get to clear anything that's going on inside of me too. So it's a win-win situation. So, that's probably been the biggest thing is in terms of um, career success, because I was chronically under or unemployed for most of my life. And 
finally being able to say, oh, it's okay for me to be of service in this way, to be successful, to have nice things, and uh, and not have to sabotage that. Yeah. yeah, that is really important. And I think what is also really interesting is the fact that, like you said, like you're when you're doing these videos, you're also tapping on parts for yourself, which is really interesting. And it's nice, like that one with situation. Um, has there ever been like a significant, like a miraculous tapping session that you've done with yourself that instantly you received some kind of like instant um, relief from whatever it was that you were tapping on? Um, there are, have been lots of times where I, I something's really bothering me, you know, and it was funny because you were saying how, wow, I, I, when I was first tried tapping, it was really beneficial. And then I just stopped. And I've heard that from a lot of people. And there's a couple of reasons why one of them is we have a certain idea of how good things should be. And so it starts to be, oh, this is, it's not supposed to be this good. And we conveniently forget to do the self care. It just, it feels different than what we're used to. So um, that's one of the main reasons that we stop ourselves is, I, mean, I, I like to say that self-sabotage is simply misguided self-love. So it's like, oh, I have this tool that I know helps me feel really good and I've stopped doing that. That seems like self-sabotage. So we wanna look at it and go, okay, so where would that feel like self-love? And if there's a part of me that says, things are going too well for me, that doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel safe, I need to stop doing this. So it is an act of caring. It's, it's a misguided act of caring. It's not necessarily the healthiest or most helpful way. But as we allow ourselves to have more compassion with ourselves and look at all of the decisions that we make, even the, look at the what you would call your worst mistake. Go, I can't believe I did that. You know, I'm trying to lose weight. And I then I went in and ate a whole pint of ice cream. What was I thinking? Well, if you could open your brain and look at all the neural pathways and, and all the experiences leading up to that moment, you'd go, oh, I totally see why I did that. And in that moment, that seemed like the best choice, even though I knew it was counterproductive to what I might be saying my goals were. So it's allowing ourselves to have compassion when we engage in behavior that we know we shouldn't or, or we stop doing things that we know are beneficial. Um, so there are there have been times where I will be upset about something and uh, will thought in my brain will go, you know, you, Brad, you could tap about that. It's like, no, I'm in a bad mood. I'm going to stay in a bad mood. <laughs> but then if I give myself permission to tap, sometimes, even after all this time, there are times where it's remarkable and I'll go, oh my God, I had no idea I could feel so much better right now with what's going on. <laughs> It is surprising how uh, how this simple process can shift the way we feel, even though um, the circumstances might not have changed. So, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. It's actually something that I've been thinking about a lot is that self sabotage being more so of yourself, like trying to protect yourself so it's like this weird combination of like love and misguided love like you said um information we've been taught by people who may not have known better yeah <laughs> we've gotten a lot of we've all gotten a lot of crappy advice during our lives people by people who may have meant the best but they only knew what they knew and I do love that you acknowledge that in your in, in the videos when we're tapping the beginning, you know, sending that love back to those people that may have impacted that fear or that thought or that belief that is instilled in us. Um, I, I mean, I wanted to know from you, like, what have you seen has been the most, I guess, demanded video, videos or the most popular videos? I think the one that has the, the most views is uh, the, we're, uh, the video on worry and fear. So uh, I have an anxiety video that's high up there. The some of the money videos, uh, money magnet videos, uh, a video called Amazing Day. And then I've taken a couple of videos like uh, Amazing Day and Money Magnet. And then I did shorter versions, just what I call quickie versions of those. 
And uh, so those tend to be very popular. I have one called Love Magnet. And uh, that's been a very popular video. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why do you think that so many people are, whether it's like that feeling of lack of love, lack of being stable financially, like why are those videos the most popular? What is going on in our world, I guess, to say? Yeah. Well, and those are the things that we're told we should want more of. And, and naturally we do, we, we, we want a certain level of abundance. Uh, we want to have companionship. We want to have love in our lives, uh, whether it's just as friends or romantic um, relationships. And the thing is the extent to which we don't have what we say we want tends to be the extent to which we're resisting it because something inside of us says, I can't handle it. It's not safe for me to have it. I've been in relationships and they always ended up in pain. So I'm protecting myself every time I forget to say hi to somebody. <laughs> I, uh, I remember my parents complaining about how rich people were all terrible, greedy, awful monsters. And so whenever I somehow forget to go on that job interview, it's because part of me is saying, no, don't do that. Because if you get that job, you'll have more money than your parents think is right. And your parents will disown you because you'll be one of those greedy monsters. And we're not consciously thinking that. You know, it's you know, like a chess grandmaster is always thinking, you know, like 50 moves ahead. We're doing that inside. You know, if we say, we say, you know, I'm tired of being single. I want to meet someone nice. We're in the grocery store and, and over here is this attractive stranger. And the grandmaster starts going, you know, pawn to, to this, you know, moving the, the pieces in our mind, I could go up to that person and say, hi, and they might say hi back. We might strike up a conversation with fine. We have something in common that might lead us to going out on a date. And that date might lead to a second date and a third date. Next thing you know, we're dating. And then we move in together and we get married and they break my heart, just like the last person. Oh, look, there's a sale on aisle two. And we're down on aisle two, unconscious, uh, unconscious of all of that, um, uh, that all that just happened and just thinking, looking at the sale items going, ah, I wish I could meet somebody because <laughs> we've brilliantly protected ourselves from some scenario that we're sure is going to be awful. So we don't even allow ourselves to consciously see that attractive stranger and, and it's having compassion. It's not that we're stupid. It's just tapping to calm ourselves down and, and be compassionate. So I am stopping myself from a situation that I think is either unsafe or I feel like I don't deserve it or I'm afraid of uh, how other people are going to react to that. So we're, we're constantly doing this, um, this cost benefit analysis in our mind, weighing the pros and cons. And if we're not taking the action we, we think we should, it's just a simple matter of the cons are still outweighing the, the pros. You know, we talk about willpower, we also have won't power. <laughs> so the won't power is outweighing the willpower. It's like, here's all the reasons why I will do it, but here's all the reasons why I won't do it. And that's why I'm not doing it. And so when, and so when we try to make a change in, in our financial status and our relationship status and our health, part of us says that doesn't feel safe. You know, we, we like things to be the way they are. We like things to be the way they were yesterday. Even if we say, I hated it, how everything was yesterday, part of me is like, yeah, but I handled it. I know how to handle it. Even if my life is crap, I know where that crap goes. I don't know how to handle something different. So I'm part of me is going to make sure that I make the same choices and I get the same results so that it's like, all right, at least I have what I'm used to. So when we try to make changes to that, we have a stress response and that pushes us back. It's like an electric fence around our property. And we go back, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to mess with the status quo. And, uh, but you know, we have this process for calming down that stress response. And as we're doing this, we can walk up to that electric fence and go, oh yeah, there's no shock there. I can cut this wire and I can expand my comfort zone. And suddenly all kinds of things are possible for us. There is, there is um, a lot of fear within us, within what we're told and what we're fed. So 
we're constantly trying to protect ourselves and i guess it is that concept of just understanding that we are protected we're here we're standing we are still breathing that means you pretty much did a good job so far that protecting yourself like keeping yourself safe and that yeah so yeah it's working so far why would i change my uh <laughs> the way i'm doing it yeah. Yeah, anything else would be risky and the amygdala you know there's this fight or flight response it was developed like a hundred thousand years ago maybe two hundred thousand years ago when we were facing life-threatening situations on a daily basis now we have that same response if somebody says something that we misinterpret hey how you doing what do you mean by that fight or flight suddenly i'm bracing to fight a saber-toothed tiger or to try to outrun it <laughs> and having all of this stuff going on so i had this fear response to something that is not a threat to me whatsoever or even if it is somehow threatening to me it's something that i could easily handle and so that's thing is allowing ourselves to calm down and go what am I afraid of? Is this really a threat? Is, is this really something I couldn't handle? And we recognize, oh yeah, I can totally handle this. I handled, I've handled worse than this. I've handled 100% of my worst days. Maybe not always as gracefully as I would have liked, but, uh, but the fact, as you said, the fact that I'm still here means somehow I've managed it. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of curious as, as you're speaking, you're like tapping on certain points. Are there certain points where you you address like a certain i guess like statement or are they all just you're just tapping on the points because i'm always curious to know about that because i know that there's some points that feel like this is like my safe spot or this is where i say the, the say the positive statement and here's where i say the fear statement so i'm just curious to know yeah yeah and i always encourage folks to experiment for themselves because where you feel your safety point is maybe totally different for somebody else the that being said the way that acupuncture was laid out the acupuncture points they are on different meridians these points that run through the body and are connected to um that are uh, associated with different organs of the body and different organs of the body are associated with different emotions so there are some processes where i will say certain words on certain points uh, in, including one, I have a, a video called Be Set Free Fast, which was, so EFT, the way I do it um, pretty much is, was developed uh, by Gary Craig from the work, the, the original work of a psychologist named Roger Callahan, who started using these points called thought field therapy. Gary was one of his first students and he sort of simplified it by tapping all the points in one row. Uh, another student of Rogers was a gentleman named Larry Nims, and he has this process called Be Set Free Fast. And so I use that process going through these different points and uh, and talking about the different emotions that are associated with this point. So sadness and trauma, anger and resentment, fear and doubt, embarrassment and humiliation, shame and guilt. So that's, uh, I'll do that like that. But sort of the basis of, uh, of of Gary's work, because in the original fir, uh, version of Callahan's technique, he would d do some diagnosis to figure out, okay, what's really bothering the person? And he would just tap uh, two or three points in different sequences, depending on what he determined was needed. And Gary had his degree in engineering and thinking like an engineer said, well, let's, let's simplify the process. Rather than spending time trying to figure out which points to use, there's no harm in pointing in tapping all the points and we might get extra benefit. And at the worst, you know, we lose a couple of seconds tapping a point that wasn't necessary. So, so you can go through these points and be tapping on different emotions on, on different points and still get benefit. But there are times where I will go back to those emotions that are traditionally associated with those points. Yeah. So it can be beneficial, but don't worry about it. Let's see the, the, the Reader's Digest condensed version of the lecture I just gave. <laughs> no, I mean, it is interesting. I, I personally like to know like the, the back end of like things of like how things mechanically work and function. And so it is always interesting, I think, for anyone who is interested in that side of things. Um, I do want to ask you, how do you incorporate tapping into your day to day life? Or what is your I guess what is your tapping practice and is it something that you do with your family is it something that you do at breakfast i don't know 
Well, I I do some tapping first thing in the morning as soon as I get up, and not it may just be a few moments. Um, it's not, and it's not that I wake up grumpy and it's like oh, even though I woke up grumpy again, because tapping is great for clearing out stress, even if there's not something that's obviously bothering you. So I just get up and I you know usually in a fine mood when I get up, but I'll start tapping on. Uh, you know, just clearing any resistance that might be there. I've got things to do today. I don't want to be slowed down by uh, any resistance that might be there. So I might just tap like that. I might say certain prayers. Uh, you know, there's the, the prayer of Jabez, which was a book that somebody came out with years ago. It's a, this, this obscure little passage from, uh, from Chronicles in the Bible. And it's this, this guy just says, um, you know, Thank you, God, for blessing me and for increasing my abundance, basically. So sometimes I'll just tap saying that. Sometimes I'll just tap saying the serenity prayer or or simply saying, thank you for the blessings I have. Thank you for the blessings I'm receiving. Um, and sometimes I'll just tap silently. So it varies, but I'll but I'll do some tapping just to sort of, you know, it's like rubbing the sleep out of your eyes, tapping any any possible ambient stress or resistance out of the energy system. And then you know, fortunately for me, tapping is sort of built into my day. <laughs> so, you know, depending on how many clients I'm seeing in a day or how many workshops I'm doing, I may do uh, I may do several hours of tapping. And and sometimes it's just that first little bit in the morning. Like on the weekends, I may not do much tapping throughout the day, um, but I I do generally start the day with it. Um, when the kids were younger and were still here, they they both grew up and, and gone away. Um, we we tried doing family taps so like in the evening it's like oh everybody get together it didn't go over real well because it felt very forced so um but they were definitely introduced to it and, and you know use it on occasion yeah i think it's it's difficult with children like getting them to embrace or to even acknowledge like this this special thing that you're trying to do with them but yeah especially when it's what you do for a profession because what your parents do is always uncool yeah so <laughs> um you mentioned a couple of things about spirituality and about channeling god and prayers so i wanted to ask you what your connection is with spirituality and what you would consider your spiritual practices are yeah i i'm comfortable with the word god i in my videos i often say universe because and it's funny because when i in the few videos where I've said God, I'll get people saying, you had me until you said God. And then occasionally in videos where I say universe, people say, you know, you really need to bring God into your work. It's like, well, God is in my work. <laughs> Sometimes when people say, you're so good, it's like, God is really good at what I do. And, and, and I often don't use it because I don't feel compelled to get anyone to practice any religion the way that I do. That's not my mission. I'm, I'm not a, here to, to push any kind of spiritual practice. I'm here to help people clear what's in the way between them and source, whatever, however they define source. So, you know, I um, like I journal most mornings. And the last thing I phrase I, in my journal is always uh, um, thank you for your um, Thank you for your loving guidance and support. And that's with a capital Y, and that's to God, as I understand God. So um, other than that, and then it varies depending on who I'm working with, because if I'm working with someone for whom their spirituality or their religious practice is very important, by all means, we're going to incorporate that. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use whatever tools is beneficial for an individual. So, you know, we may, I may do a session that's very heavily spiritually influenced and I may do a session that is absolutely not. And, and there's no mention um, of anything, any forces like that outside. But for me, even if I'm doing a session like that, it's still a spiritual practice for me because I know that something's working through me for the higher good. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I really resonated with <laughs> That, what you said about the journal that I have a daily journal practice and I always end it in the same way I say thank you God for awesome. yeah so I really <laughs> like that um I mean what I would what I would say like I mean 
obviously it doesn't matter how what you if you decide to say god or universe and i also think that for something that i do like if i'm doing a tapping video and there's a word that i want to switch i'll switch that like it does, i don't necessarily have to follow the exact word so i think that is an important thing for people to take note of as well I, and i often encourage people this when someone will write and say i, I had trouble with the words i say great change them you know, th these are just to make it easy because a lot of people say, I don't know what to tap on. Great. I'll give you some words to tap on. And if at any point you feel like changing them, go with it. Absolutely go with it. Don't feel it. But I will also say to folks, if you have trouble, if, if some of the words that I'm saying are upsetting, that's something inside. Because if we say, I can only feel peace and happiness in this world if I never hear a word that I don't like, you're a victim. You're, you're, you're kind of, you know, it's like, I need everybody to be perfect around me so that I can be happy and say all the right things that I want them to say. Well, you're kind of in a tough situation there. You want to empower yourself and say, okay, what is it about this word that's bothering me? Not that I necessarily want to incorporate it into my daily language. It's like, oh, now I'm over that word. And now I'm, you know, if I have some old um, upset around the word God, well, I'm going to tap on that. And now I'm going to be talking about God constantly. Not at all. But it gives us to this place of some if someone else is talking about God, I can go, okay, that's not the word that I would use, but I don't feel any emotional pain. I get to feel peace regardless of what's going on. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. And something that I also always talk about is that if there is a specific word that is triggering you for whatever reason is what is your attachment to that word that's making it so like it, was it something that you were fed maybe that is just a belief that you have based on not even based on your own belief with that exact word or that term so yeah i definitely agree with that is that don't try to avoid the word like understand what your connection is to it yeah what we resist persists it's like if i say i don't want to deal with that okay it's probably going to show up again at some point and i'm gonna i'm gonna have to feel pain again at that other point and deciding oh i don't want to feel pain about that Um, this is a question I ask all my guests is how do you ease the chaos in your attic and how would you encourage others to do the same? I just don't go into the attic nor it's a mess up there. <laughs> I've just thrown so many things up. No, I, I mean, it's a, I think it's a pretty easy answer for me. I tap <laughs> when that, when that stuff comes up, you know, when I allow myself to, as I, as I said earlier, there are those times like, well, I'm not going to tap right now. And I, you know, and I will have a very human moment and I will just, because I don't believe there are any negative emotions. There are uncomfortable emotions. There are some that are, that feel better than others, but all emotions are part of the human experience. And so there are times like, you know, just like we would say, oh, fear, it's an awful thing. And yet the horror movie business is a huge industry. Uh, people say, I hate sadness. I don't want to ever cry. And yet tearjerker novels are a huge industry. <laughs> so, you know, there's a part of us that's, that, that delights in experiencing those things and dancing on the fringes of, of human emotion. So just recognizing, yeah, there are times where I'm just gonna, I'm gonna feel some of this. And it, and it feeds the well, so that when I go to tap on something, it's like, I've, I've had that experience. Years ago, someone said, how do you come up with so many subjects to tap on? I said, by being human. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely really well said. I mean, even to say like, that's something that I always try to tell myself is that any emotion that comes up, I'm like, okay, this is normal. This is fine. Like, I don't have to demonize it. I don't have to overthink it. It's just, it is what it is. And guess what? Tomorrow I might feel something different and I'm not going to question that. So <laughs> might as well just let this be. Yeah. Tapping is not about, Ooh, bad feeling. Get it away. Get it away. It's about, Oh, there's some discomfort here. I wonder what's going on here. And I want to process that because the uncomfortable emotions are there to send us a message. So like anger, anger is like a smoke detector. So when it goes off, the, the alarm goes off, Either there's a fire that needs to be put out or there's a misunderstanding and the batteries just need to be changed. So we, rather than just dealing with the anger and sometimes we'll, um, 
will try to drown out the sound of the fire alarm. It's like, oh, I'm going to pick up some pots and pans and bang them, and I'm going to just create them and just drown out that thing. It's a matter of looking and going, okay, what, what's going on here? Is there something I need to address? And then I can just get to it and take care of it, as opposed to just continuing to sit in this uncomfortable emotion. So the, the tapping is, is a matter of trying to process these uncomfortable feelings as quickly as possible so we can get to the uh, ultimate desired resolution. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to do some tapping with you. I was going to say, Nora, I think we're about that time. We should actually go through some tapping. <laughs> um, is there a specific thing that you're feeling called to tap on right now? I feel called to tap on what you feel we should be tapping on to your show, to your platform. What do you, what would you like your audience to, uh, to experience? I just want everyone to experience happiness and love. So maybe feeling like that they are loved. And as I was saying earlier, the extent to which we don't have what we say we want, it's the extent to which we're resistant. So we'll do some tapping on, on the resistance. So we'll see how we get, we'll see how we started. But first I'll ask everyone to go ahead and close your eyes. Take a deep breath in and hold it. Let it go. Now just allowing yourself to breathe comfortably, allowing yourself to be present right here, right now, to receive maximum benefit from this process. And just allow yourself to follow your breath through your body. Notice how you're feeling physically and emotionally. And just notice on a scale of zero to 10, how much love you might be feeling. 10 being, oh, I am in loving connection to all that is. I love everything and everyone, and I feel loved by everything and everyone. And don't judge yourself harshly if the number is lower than that. You are where you're at. It's not because you're bad or stupid or weak or lazy. It's not a moral failing. It's just whatever your um, programming is, whatever experience has been going on is, that's the reason you're at where you're at. Allow yourself to be aware of where the blocks to love might be. Why you couldn't or shouldn't feel more love. Why you couldn't or shouldn't feel more loved. Just allowing yourself to be aware of the thoughts, beliefs, and memories behind any blocks to feeling more love in your life. And take a deep breath, open your eyes. So what we'll do in, in, in tapping is we'll take the uh, fingertips of our index and middle finger and we'll gently tap on the side of the hand. And so we usually start with whatever the issue is. And you know, so it's, oh, I have some blocks to love. Rate that on a scale of zero to 10. So I had you rate the loving feeling on a scale of zero to 10. So whatever number it wasn't. So if, in terms of how much love I feel, it's a two. Okay, so the blocks to love is an eight. <laughs> so I just get an idea of that. And then we tap on the side of hand and we start by saying, even though I feel some blocks to love, I choose to love and accept myself. Even though I feel some blocks to love, I choose to love and honor myself. Even though I feel some blocks to love, there may be things going on right now or things that have happened in the past that limit my ability to feel more love. And even though I have these blocks to love, I choose to deeply and completely love, honor, and accept myself and maybe anyone else who might be involved in this because I choose to be that free. Now I go through these different points and um, for everyone watching, go ahead and repeat what I say out loud. I know, no, you're probably not saying it for the purposes of the, of the uh, video. So, but I would encourage everyone else um, to, to, to repeat the uh, phrase out loud. So again, with the fingertips and tapping right here at the beginning of your eyebrow point, all these blocks to love. Right here, the side of your eye, in the corner of your eye socket. All these blocks to love. 
right under the middle of your eye, just above your cheek. All these things that limit the love I feel. Right under your nose. I may be afraid to feel more love. Right under your lower lip. I might not feel worthy of more love. Right here where your collarbones come together, you can go ahead and use all of your fingertips or make a fist and tap that area. All these blocks to love. About four inches below your armpit. So it's right about bra strap level. And I'm sure even the guys can figure out what that is. All these blocks to love. Using all of your fingertips, just tap it around the crown of your head. I have these blocks to love. And then we go back through the points. It may be something that happened in my past. It may be stuff that's going on right now. And while part of me says, I'd really like to feel more love in my life. Another part of me is saying, well, that's just not possible right now. We don't have what we need in order to feel love. Which begs the question, what do I think I need in order to feel love? Do I need someone telling me how wonderful I am? Do I need everything to be going right in my life? And if so, I choose to be open to changing my mind about that. Because I choose to feel more love inside. And that's not dependent upon outside circumstances. The only person I need to say they love me is me. And I love and appreciate all these parts of me that may have been confused about what I need. It may be my own misunderstandings. It may be somebody else's misunderstandings that they've passed on to me. And they probably just didn't know any better. And I'm clearing that stuff out. I'm clearing these blocks to love. Clearing them at a cellular level. And clearing them all the way back through my past. Back through all those times in my life. Where I got some kind of message. About why I couldn't or shouldn't feel love. I'm clearing up those misunderstandings. Because it feels so much better to feel love. And if there isn't someone here to tell me they love me, I can just breathe and recognize that every time I inhale, I'm making a request and the universe says yes. That's the universe or God or whatever I want to call it, telling me that I'm loved. So I can feel loved with every single breath I take. I'm giving myself permission to feel a lot more love. I'm clearing these old rules 
about why I couldn't or shouldn't feel love. Someone else can have those rules. But I hope they'll clear them too. And maybe I can show them the way. I'm allowing myself to feel a lot more love. In body, mind, and spirit. Take a deep breath. And then go ahead and close your eyes again and say, I feel love. And rate that again on a scale of 0 to 10. Hopefully that number has gone up. Sometimes when we're tapping, we just get more clarity. And it may be that you may not feel a whole lot more love, but you know why. It's like, oh, I totally know what's blocking me right now. And then you can do more tapping to clear up those things that are specifically coming to mind. And uh, we just keep creating more and more opening to feel better and better. Thank you so much for that. That was absolutely so needed in more ways than you know. And I'm sure that everyone who has done it has felt that they have now been illuminated with more love in their life. Um, I want to go through a quick rapid and fire question round with you, if you're open to that. Oh, these rapid fire questions. I'm always sure I'm going to get them wrong, but go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> Do you know by any chance you five, no, six. <laughs> have any idea what your sun, moon, and rising sign are? Uh, I am a Gemini with, um, oh, what is, I used to know this. I'm trying to think one of them, I, I think my rising might be Scorpio and my um, moon might be Cancer, but I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure that I'm Gemini, but I'm, I'm born on the cusp. So some people will say I'm Taurus. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> For an easy answer. That was great. <laughs> um, do you have, well, you can definitely say your book, but do you have a book recommendation? <laughs> yes, The Wizard's Wish, um, a children's book. Uh, yeah, the book that started me on this journey was uh, really, in, in many ways, was when I was 15. I was talking about metaphysical things and parapsychology and my dad said, I think you're ready for illusions. So illusions by Richard Bach, who also wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel. And I have, uh, if, for folks who have seen the movie, The Secret, um, several of the people in that film are friends of mine. So uh, Bob Doyle, uh, Mike Dooley, Joe Vitale, in conversation with them, they've all said, yeah, illusions is one of the books that first got me going too. <laughs> So that's, uh, that's always my go-to recommendation. Interesting. Um, do you have a saying to live by? Uh, well, my, the quote that I came up with of um, self-sabotage, simply misguided love. But um, more recently in the last year or so, like many people after seeing it on Ted Lasso, uh, Walt Whitman's quote of uh, be curious, not judgmental. So I have that up on my wall to remind me. <laughs> one thing currently lighting you up oh my goodness uh, there's there's so many things um i'm excited about i one of my favorite things to do especially as a recovering actor is uh live workshops where i have a, a live audience to work with so i have another one coming up in um in just over a week so i'm really excited about that that's nice mountain or sea Oh, I love both so much. Uh, <laughs> do I have to choose? <laughs> uh, prob probably if I ha if I had to choose, I probably see. Okay, a language you wish you spoke. <laughs> oh, French. After all the years that I took it, I wish I spoke it more fluently. <laughs> I think everyone says that. Everyone takes some type of French course, and it just goes out the door <laughs> there there have been times where it has come back to me and it's like oh i, I understood that i, I but uh yeah um do you have a favorite element earth fire wind water oh there's a question i haven't had before um i'm gonna go with air because i need it so much <laughs> I make you you're a gemini as well so makes sense <laughs> um a current favorite food 
You know, I love pizza. I love uh, I love hummus. I love. Uh, it's tough because I um, had some dental work recently, so I'm on a very limited diet of what I can eat. So right now, it's like everything, every everything that my wife is eating. <laughs> I love that. I want that. <laughs> like Fritos with cottage cheese. Interesting. One of my absolute favorite comfort foods. That's a good combo. <laughs> Um, do you have a spirit animal? I, yeah, I go back and forth on, um, sometimes, uh, you know, there are drawn to all kinds of things. Um, birds of prey, sometimes an eagle, sometimes a hawk. Um, uh, you know, it, it depends on the day that I may be, I may be drawn to dolphins. I may be drawn to lions or wolves or bears or uh so i haven't i haven't been told officially you know what my spirit animal is so i um bask in the opportunity of uh being connected to all things at different times <laughs> well i think there's yeah there's definitely phases of being connected to one more than the other um, I, I mean i love and i have been so fortunate to have been able to be you know in contact with all kinds of different animals. I have a friend who runs a conservation um, rescue zoo. So have, you know, been able to play with baby cheetahs and elephants and uh, snakes and alligators and, and all kinds of things. And so I uh, always love that opportunity. Wow, that's, that's really fun and a great opportunity, truly. Um, do you know your love language? Not officially. <laughs> I have not, I, you know, I kind of resist that. It's, it's like with, it's like with, um, uh, astrology and going, well, I'm, uh, sometimes like I'm Gemini, Gemini, sometimes like a Taurus. And that's when I say, you know, as Kierkegaard said, when you label me, you negate me. So I sort of don't associate with one particular thing. So I'm open to the possibility that there's all kinds of different languages, but, um, my wife will probably say, no, Brad, you're this. <laughs> As I'm sure many people feel that same way too. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, Noor. <laughs> Do you have a habit that you swear by? Oh, what what habit do I have that I swear? <laughs> that one. That, thank you for lobbing me a softball on that one. <laughs> um, what is making you you love yourself the most today? this right now i the opportunity to share this work uh i love myself for getting myself into the situation where cool people like you say hey would you come on my podcast and talk about this it's like so it's like oh, well done that you put yourself in that situation because I, I love meeting people like you and getting to to talk about this work and the people who are listening or watching who are open to making changes. And I'm so blessed to have that opportunity to possibly share a tool for making that easier. And I'm very appreciative of that in you. Um, this is the last question I always ask is one thing you'd remove from this world and one thing you would add in. I would remove hate. And I think with the removal of that, there would be nothing needed to be added. <laughs> you know, and underneath hate is fear. It's been said there's two emotions. There's love and there's fear. And what doesn't feel like love probably has fear underneath it. Anger, guilt, shame, all of it. There's, there's some fear underneath that. And as, you know, this is a great fear remediation tool. And as we clear that, we're naturally more loving towards ourselves and others. So, you know, creation is awesome. Everything we could want is here. And um, it's so I often talk about the Michelangelo principle. You can see I've got Michelangelo there, but I, I always have David's everywhere because it's my favorite piece of art, even before I got into this work. But then later I thought, oh my gosh, it's the perfect metaphor because Michelangelo said the statues were already there, perfect inside the marble. 
I just have to chip away what doesn't belong to reveal the masterpiece inside. And to me, that's what we're doing with tapping. We're chipping away the fear, the doubt, the anxiety that covers up the love that's inside. So there's nothing, nothing needs to be added. There's nothing that Michelangelo put on this statue. He just removed what didn't belong. The same with, as we remove hate and, and the fear that f fuels that, nothing else needs to be added. That's really beautifully said. Um, I want to ask you, do you have any messages, last messages, anything that you want to share? Oftentimes I'll, in an interview, I'll, the last thing I'll say is, one of the key things is love yourself. Give yourself permission to love yourself. And all the reasons why you couldn't or shouldn't tap away that misinformation. It's a, it's a total win-win situation. We, Self-love gets a lot of, gets a bad rap because people say, oh, it's conceit or it's arrogance. No, conceit or arrogance are cover-ups for a lack of self-love. Because those things say, I'm so great, I'm better than other people. And if you're saying that, you're misunderstanding. Because when we really love ourselves, we see what's lovable in other people. So it's a total win-win situation. When I know I'm awesome, I want you to know that you're awesome. And it's much easier for me to see your awesomeness. So uh, please and thank you. Thank you so much. Um, where can everyone connect, work, and find you? Easiest place is at my website, tapwithbrad.com. Uh, and of course, there's over a thousand videos on YouTube if you want to go do some quick tapping. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And I would absolutely love it if you could rate this podcast, leave a review, subscribe and follow it because it would mean the world to me and help support this podcast in more ways than you can know and also help me get more exciting and enlightening guests on. So thank you to your precious ears for listening and bye!